Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee professionals, entrepreneurship, and coffee education. Before I get started today, I want to thank Jason Simpson and the entire team at Camp Coffee Company for letting me set up the microphone on their patio last weekend to chat with new friends about coffee. Friends like Cindy. My name's Cindy. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Very cool. And I'm wondering if you have a first memory about coffee. My first memory was actually my dad drinking Nescafe coffee growing up. Um, and he said that I wasn't allowed to have any coffee as a kid. So that was my first memory of coffee. Um, but growing up in Melbourne, Australia, ton of um, it's coffee culture. A lot of Italians actually came over to Melbourne, Australia and developed the coffee culture back in the early, I think it was like 50s and 60s. So when I was old enough and I started going to town, um, lattes was like the go-to drink um, in Melbourne. And don't, do they do like a little sprinkle of chocolate? Um, that's that a, a mocha. The mocha, yeah. Yeah, and we also have flat white. Australia yep. is known for the flat white. I heard in New York, there's a ton of like coffee shops now that serve flat white. And it's, you know, from Australia. See, and you were worried that you weren't going to be good on the show. You're already fantastic. <laughs> Uh, so what is it, why do you like coffee? I love um, the different textures, I guess, when you drink it, and the different densities and fla the flavors, the aroma, there's so many different layers of coffee that um, I enjoy. I guess I used to start just drinking coffee with milk, but now I'm drinking more black coffee, which is what I'm drinking today. I'm drinking a, just a, um, a brewed coffee, which I only knew about when I came here to the US. Because in Australia, I would only drink like coffee with milk. But now, I'm just having uh, as I as I get older, if I travel the world, I have a greater appreciation for um, just black coffee and the different ways in which it can be prepared, like pour over and whatnot. So, and that's all I really have for you. That's there you it. Go. It's that easy. Two minutes. Fun times. Unless there's anything you want to tell the world no, about yourself. Not at all. I just I think I just did a great promo for Australia there. <laughs> great plug. So. Everybody here loves Australia. I think every coffee person here that's like their thing. They want to go to Australia to drink. Really? Coffee. Yeah. I wanna makes me want to go back to Melbourne. Because when I travel the world, like yeah. coming from Melbourne, I was like, oh Italian coffee looks kinda normal, like espresso. Mm -hmm. And then I come to the US and everyone's like, Oh the coffee in Melbourne's really great. I wanna go to Australia and learn how to make good coffee. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, damn it, I wish that I was really into that culture more so. Yeah. Um, I wish I had a side job as a barista versus a juice, boost juice, like um, smoothie maker. I would have come a long way, but that's all right. I'll go back and figure there's, it out. There's still time. I hope so. <laughs> I owe a debt of gratitude to Cindy and her traveling partner, Alex. They were the first people I met at the first in-person recording effort I've done for this show. They were engaging and charming, and, after so many interviews done from the comfort of my home recording booth here in the closet, it was a great reintroduction into the world. I'll share more from my Camp Coffee visit after today's interview with Aaron Ninau. Aaron is the founder and head roaster at Ascend Coffee Roasters, she is also the co-owner of Old California Coffee House in San Marcos, California. Her personal motto is to spread caffeine and smiles. And with the coffee shop and the new roastery, she's coming at it from all angles. I'll link to AscendRoasters.com and to Old Cal Coffee in the Roast West Coast newsletter 
which you can subscribe to or just read at roastwestcoast.com. When you're done checking out all of that good coffee content, give this show a follow on Instagram at roastwestcoast. Right now, make sure your coffee mug is full of something delicious. I'm going to go make myself a flat white, which is an espresso fully blended with velvety steamed microfoam. Less microfoam than you'd find in a cappuccino though. While I go do that, listen to this interview with Aaron Ninau, founder and head roaster at Ascend Coffee Roasters. nice to meet you in person. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you so much for uh, for joining the show today. Well, thank you for making it so comfortable for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, this isn't like gotcha journalism. We just want to tell the stories of people in coffee and, and get people excited about, you know, what their options are out in the world. So, yeah, you know, you look like you're on a very comfortable couch. I'm in my closet and I think <laughs> outside they are like using an electric blower to blow the parking lot out. So it's pretty standard podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're like doing whatever you need to do to, to make the audio right and get in the closet if you have to. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it, the closet's a lot more impressive than it used to be. Nice. Yeah. Now there's like little acoustic things and I have a microphone and I'm a curtain to block off all my flannel shirts and stuff. So it works out. Yeah. Well. It looks very professional. <laughs> Thank you. So if we could just for the tape, tell us your name, your business, your job title, your favorite Ninja Turtle, favorite 80s movie, something about yourself. Okay, cool. Uh, my name's Erin Nino. I am the co-owner of Old California Coffee House and Eatery in San Marcos and the owner of Ascend Roasters, which is a brand new roasting company um, that we just launched. Something interesting about myself. I'm kind of... I can't think of anything. I'm so boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something. What What is your favorite thing to do besides coffee? Um, I like to, I live in South Oceanside. So my favorite thing to do is just get outside, walk to the coffee shops down the street, the thrift stores, go for a walk on the beach. I like to go on hikes. I just, as much as I'm indoors working at the coffee house, whenever I'm not indoors, I want to be outdoors. That's kind of what I do when I'm not there. <laughs> I didn't realize we're practically neighbors. I'm right in Carlsbad Village, so I get over to yeah. Salvo all the time. And you just mentioned being at the coffee house. So I want to ask a little bit about your experience before that, because you've been mm -hmm. with the coffee place for a long time. But what was kind of your first experience with coffee uh, that made you think, yeah, this is something I'm interested in, or this is something I want to take to the next level? So I, the family that I grew up in is a bunch of foodies. We just love to cook for each other. We love great food, great wine, great coffee. So as a kid growing up, my parents really tried to find like good beans for at that time. Like we would go out of our way to get Pete's coffee because there just weren't as many options as there are now uh, when I was growing up. But Pete's was definitely we weren't drinking Folgers or Starbucks or anything like that. And they really went into the methods of how we made coffee at home. We would make like pour overs and um, just a little bit of a notch up from just brewing coffee in a coffee pot. So I was always kind of interested because my family put an emphasis on it. I started drinking coffee at maybe 12 years old because 
I just wanted to grow up too fast and I would drink in any <laughs> opportunity I could. I was the opposite. I, I'm going to interrupt you because I, I have to say, like, I was totally the opposite. I had like a coffee candy when I was 12 years old and I didn't drink coffee again until I was like 30. My brother was like that. He got through all of college without it. I don't know how. Yeah, I just wanted to push the limits. Like if you weren't supposed to have coffee, you're too young, then I wanted it, you know? <laughs> coffee is at least a little, I mean, relatively innocent of the things you can push the boundaries of. That's true. So I, I wasn't too bad. But yeah, when I, I turned 17, my brother's girlfriend was going away to college and she was like, do you want my job? Because uh, she worked at this little drive through coffee shop in Escondido that's not there anymore. But she was going away to Texas and she was like, they need somebody. So I was so excited. That was my first job. It was like this little two man hut that we operated. I wasn't trained on how to make coffee there. I was just kind of like thrown in. So there was a part of me that knew that I didn't know what I was doing when I worked there. And I went on to work at a natural grocery store after that. And then when I was like 21 years old, I had left that job and I was like, what do I want to be doing with my time? Where do I want to spend 40 hours a week? And um, that coffee shop kind of vibe drew me back in. I remembered working the drive-thru, knowing my regulars connecting with people. And I was like, you know what? I want to do coffee again. I'm going to look for an opportunity to do that. So that's how I ended up at Old Cal Coffee. And Old California Coffee House is a kind of a iconic San Marcos business, right? I mean, it's been around yes. quite a long time. I actually remember having meetings there when I first moved here a long time ago. So you started working there more than 10 years ago, I think, right? Yes. Um, it'll be 11 years in February. Uh, the coffee house has been there since 1990, so it was the first coffee house in San Marcos. Before the Starbucks came to town, they were serving up coffee. So it has a really long history in the community. I showed up on the scene in 2011. There was a few owners before us that um, carried the mantle that got it started, and then we have this incredible opportunity of keeping it going and preserving it for the community. Well, let's talk through that. You start working there 11 years ago, almost 11 years ago. How long are you working there before the opportunity to purchase the business comes along? So I started in 2011. I was a barista. Um, the owners, my business partners, Giovanna and Craig, they had bought the business in January of 2011, and then they hired me in February of 2011. So I was their first hire, which kind of feels like the universe coming together. But I started off as a barista. Like I was sweeping and mopping the floors, taking the trash out, making the coffee sandwiches, opening the shop, closing the shop, all that stuff. But like I said, working at the coffee drive through in high school, I didn't learn a lot about coffee and I wanted to. And Gio and Craig, having just purchased a coffee shop, a cafe, they didn't have any um, background working with coffee either. So I would kind of go home and watch YouTube and like learn, what are you doing when you're extracting coffee? What's the machine doing? What do I need to know? How do I make foam the right way? Like what's it supposed to look like even? It was really like, I didn't know anything. I had to figure it out. So I would watch YouTube videos. I would come into work and share with Gio and Craig like what I had learned. And their vision for their business was 
a product that is consistent no matter who makes it because if your coffee tastes different every time you go somewhere you're probably not going to keep going there and then also a uh, speed of service they wanted us to make every single drink within just a few minutes so that people aren't waiting around forever to get a cup of coffee so i had to work within their rules too like i wanted to really step up our game and improve the coffee experience for the patrons but i also had to make sure we were fast and i had to make sure that what i was making was what everybody else was making so that's kind of how i came into like the training role at old cow coffee training all the staff and it was such an opportunity because the owners wanted to learn more they wanted to do a good service for people and they let me participate in that process so that's how we all became really close and tight and just really good at working with each other. I grew into being a shift leader. I was the assistant manager. Um, I became the manager. So I did the manager role for years and years. And then in 2017, my partners wanted to pursue new businesses in real estate. So they asked me, would you run this for us? Like we trust you. So they kind of stepped out their silent partners now, as they like to say, and they gave me this opportunity to put into practice everything they taught me about running a business, about leadership, about um, working with a team of young people and cultivating them and giving them room to shine. So it's been an awesome experience. I took over in 2017. I ran the business through COVID, which was such a learning experience. I'm sure we'll talk more about everything that transpired during COVID. Not to interrupt, but COVID is still going on. So we're yes. still, yeah. Absolutely. It's still going I, was, on. I felt very optimistic when you said I ran it through COVID as if it was over. And I'll, wait a minute. No, it's not, not we're not there yet. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. I feel like 2020 was its own thing. And then 2021 was its own thing. So it's absolutely not over, but I was just more referring to that, those two years that are behind us and the lessons I've learned so far. Sure. It's definitely, you know, COVID one, two, and three. I mean, the, each variant kind of had its own like run at the box office. It's like an Avengers movie or something. Every year there's a new one. That's a good way to put it. And I want to get to Ascend Roasters, which is why we're talking today. It's why I reached out to you. I'm drinking a, a cup of your coffee this morning. Your single origin, New Guinea Dark Roast. But before we do, there's six years between when you start at Old California and when you become part of the ownership team. At any point during there, did you think, you know what, I think I want to go somewhere else or I want to do a different job? Or was it just kind of straight through this? I'm, I'm home. This is where I belong. Um, I, I mean, I was 21 when I started there, so I had a lot of ideas. I was going to college. Coffee shops are a great job for college kids. I was majoring in psychology. I just wanted to like make the world a better place and help people cultivate skills. And I found um, that I was actually doing that at my job. I was teaching people leadership skills. I was teaching them workforce skills. So I was kind of getting out of that job what I had been looking for in pursuing psychology. I wouldn't say I was always like, this is where I'm supposed to be, but I did give it my very best effort every single day, tried to get the most out of the job, see what I could learn, see where I could be an asset to them. And I'm extremely happy with where that has taken me. And that's the advice I give to my staff all the time. Like, you might not know exactly where you're going, 
whatever's right in front of you, just give it your best effort. You'll look back and you'll be happy with where life takes you, you know? Sure. Well, now that you are the kind of the face of the ownership of the business, were there changes that you started kind of putting on? Like not when you stepped into that role, you mentioned you were working within the previous, with the, your, your co-owners, kind of their rules when you got started and when you took over management, have you been able to start putting your own fingerprint on things or did you kind of stick with the path you were on? Or now that you are the person who everyone goes to, you know, how has that experience changed? I'm really grateful for everything that they taught me. I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants type of person, just kind of like living in the moment. And they very much taught me structure. Like there are rules to the business that you have to maintain at all times. Like that's how people know who you are and what you offer the community. You can't be like changing it all the time. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the structure that they taught me. Um, but I have very much been able to get more creative than before, which is who I am on the inside. I'm, I'm more artistic. I'm more free spirited. Yeah, I would say that's what has changed over the last four years that I've been in charge. We have gotten more creative with the menu items. We've changed up the way we've decorated the shop and tried to like put my own flair on it, my own spin. And just the relationships that I have with the customers is different in the community around Old Cal Coffee. Gio and Craig are great with people, uh, especially Craig. He loves getting out into the community and giving back to the community. And everybody knows Craig and I'm not as outgoing as he is. But what I like to do is really connect one-on-one -on -one with people at a time, not in like a large group. And in my position, I've really been able to do that and create like my own relationships with people. So I would say like just the, the vibes a little bit different and not in a good or a bad way. It's just, it's me, you know? Yeah, that's important. Um, being, being the person that people identify with the business is, is a role that, um, that I'm familiar with, but also I think people don't realize how much connection they have with the, the businesses they go to. Uh, regularly, you know, I, I see the people at my local coffee shop more than I see like my extended family who, and you know, my parents even who live out of town. And so you start building relationships with people that kind of fill certain roles in your life. And we were just talking about COVID. One of the things that I think we stopped, we learned to appreciate, and then we stopped appreciating. And then maybe we appreciate again, it seems to be a cycle is when all of those small interactions with other human beings were taken away from us on, you know, at the very beginning of COVID, when we all really were like kind of afraid and staying home for the most part, because uh, nobody knew what was happening. I, I think we all realized we have all these little engagements every day with dozens of different people, whether they're at the coffee shop or at the grocery store or wherever that added to this social experience that we all have. And I could be wrong and I'm not a psychologist and, you know, or a therapist, but I think that really impacted people more than they realized, you know, that little Absolutely. moment. So, so you being consistent and you being the person that people see now, even as we're continuing through a new phase of COVID, um, is something that has value to people every day, even more than just a cup of coffee. Absolutely. The memory that pops out to me the most when I think about it was, uh, the night that the governor shut down the state and was like, everybody stay home unless you're essential. And I was talking to my partners on the phone and they were like, all right, shut it down. 
send everybody home. And I was just had this voice in my head say no. And it was mostly because my, my employees count on us for their paychecks. And I have an employee who has a small child and I'm like, how is she going to put food on the table? Like there was a lot of unknowns at that time. So I had said like, we're not going to know if we don't try. And um, Craig had the idea. We opened a drive-through where our customers just drove up. We took their orders from the car. They didn't get out of the car so we could limit exposure. So we just did that. Even we didn't shut down one day. And at the time I was like, we are not essential. Like, what are we doing? There was a lot of voices in my head. Like you're not essential. What are you doing? You know, but over time and looking back, especially I'm like, we are essential. We provide people like connection, smiles, like face-to-face interaction, get out of the house, go see a face, a friendly face, you know. And like you said, we didn't realize how badly we needed that until it was kind of taken away from us, you know? How did you transition so quickly into doing it in a way that you felt was safe? Because like you just said, you didn't even take one day how did you come up with procedures where you felt like I'm protecting not only my customers, but my team who depend on us and, and we, we don't want to lose them, obviously, either put them at risk? Yeah. How, what was, because I'm imagining, and I'm sorry to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm thinking about it as a manager, I would take on some of that weight of responsibility of feeling like I need to protect them while also providing for them. And that's something unique to business owners and entrepreneurs. Absolutely. We, um, so myself and my business partner, Craig, we worked the drive through ourselves. So we were the only ones interacting with the customers. We had face shields, masks, sanitizer everywhere. And the staff would just work in the kitchen, like fulfilling orders, making coffee and sandwiches. So they were really only interacting with each other. We also had probably half of our staff quit because they didn't feel comfortable. And that was fine too. I didn't have hours for everybody. It was kind of like the people who wanted to be there and wanted to take on that risk. We provided an opportunity while keeping them safe and kind of taking on like myself and Craig interacted with the public the most. And we were very careful to keep our distance from the customers and the staff as much as we could, because safety was definitely our number one priority. It would have the worst thing we could have done was expose somebody. And we were very aware of that. Yeah. Not only the exposure of it, but there was so much unknown at the time. You know, we didn't know what this thing was going to do. And so there was certainly some risk taking. I'm going to rewind just a little bit. And we've been talking a lot about old California, but at some point you decide to start roasting your own coffee. I'm assuming before that old California was purchasing wholesale coffee from somewhere. What was the tipping point where you thought, you know what, I want to take this to the next level. I don't want to, I don't want to say just continue to run the cafe. That's the wrong choice of words, but I want to take this experience and make it even more personal than it already is. I've always had dreams of like multiple cafes, like growing the business out into the world and getting as far out there as I could to, um, like my motto is to spread caffeine and smiles. So how can I spread caffeine and smiles even further? And Old California is really married to the location, being in Old California Restaurant Row. And 
So it was kind of hard to push out of that boundary that is on it. And then I also just had dreams of having my own project. So um, over the summer, my brother-in-law approached me and he he was like, what are you doing? It's time. Like, you need to get out there. You need to do your thing. You've learned so much. You've, you need to take that experience and put it somewhere. So what do you want to do? And he's looking at me, what do you want to do? And I was like, roast coffee. Like I'd always had it in my head. I've, I've always wanted to do it. There was, there's a lot to learn, a lot of hurdles you got to get over to get there. And my brother-in-law just gave me a push in that moment. Like, it's time, go do it, start pursuing. And I just started doing a lot of research, started knocking on doors and all the doors that I knocked on just opened. It was, I really felt like I was being led in this direction and that it is a calling and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be with roasting coffee. I was super insecure at first. Like, am I sourcing good beans? Am I do I know what I, I'm doing when I'm roasting? Am I messing all of this up? And just over time, like I did mess up coffee. I did throw away a lot of coffee. I did finally have moments where people were giving me really awesome feedback. And I knew that the stuff that I had learned and the tweaks that I was making were working. So I kind of kept it on the down low until I was really ready to put a product out there that I was proud of. So we launched end of November, first week of December. So it's it's still very new. And I have to give you some kudos for even finding us um, so early <laughs> on. I'm so appreciative of this opportunity because I wasn't ready to put the beans out there until it was something that I was proud of. And at this point, it's out there. I'm proud of it. I want people to try it. I want people to know about it. Old Cal Coffee has our beans. So we have a dark roast espresso, light roast espresso. Uh, let me stop you. And when you say our beans, you're talking about Ascend to Coffee ro Roasters. We haven't said that name enough. We've been saying Old Cal yeah, Coffee. Yeah. So I want to make sure people listening know we're talking about Ascend Coffee Roasters. Uh, and excuse me, continue. Thank you for that. Because Ascend is my new baby. So yeah, Old Cal Coffee has Ascend roasters, coffee beans. Um, we have a dark roast espresso, light roast espresso. Um, we have a Costa Rican house coffee. All of our coffees are now organic and fair trade. I really try to source the best beans possible and I think you can taste it. So you can buy bags of coffee from Ascend Roasters at Old Cal Coffee, or if you wanted to just get a cup of coffee with that in it, that's, that's what Old Cal is now offering. So where did the name come from, Ascend? I think I found you because on Instagram, and I was drawn to the label, which I think is great, and I'm a mountain person, and it has kind of this very visual, uh, colorful uh, draw to it. But what uh, spoke to you about this name, and why why put it on this thing that you just, as you said, is your baby? You are going to be married to this name for some time, I would imagine. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Everything I came up with sounded stupid because I knew that I was going to be married to it for forever. So I, I had a hard time. But at that time, my church was studying this, the Psalms of Ascension, which are all about just becoming the best version of you and ascending your problems and leaning on God and all these things. And it was such a powerful series that we were going through that was so positive. And I 
I just love things that encourage you because life gets hard sometimes. I was going to church. I was loving that name, the Psalms of Ascension. There was like something that spoke to me about it. And I was like, you know what? I think that's my name. I think ascend, like ascend the day. We all drink coffee in the morning to kind of get our gears turning so that we can go conquer all of our responsibilities and take care of things and have the energy and the smile on our face. So Ascend just kind of spoke to me. I was trying to come up with artwork and actually the um, the logo is a tattoo that I have that I got like 10 years ago. And I was like, it fits perfectly. So the stars just kind of aligned. It's very me. Um, when I got the tattoo, I had no intention of it ever being a logo in the future or part of my brand. So that was something that came together kind of perfectly too and was really cool. Maybe you could uh, go back and somehow text it out to that logo of that tattoo purchase, you know, 10 mm-hmm. years into the future. Oh, <laughs> that's your new that's logo. A good idea. <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm, I'm going through taxes right now. So it's, I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. No, it's a business right The coffee that you shared with me, which thank you very much for that. Uh, I mentioned it's a single origin New Guinea dark roast. Why did you decide this was the coffee that you wanted to share with me? And just for anyone listening, the tasting notes are dark chocolate, brown sugar, and walnut. But why did you say, you know what, um, this is the one for this show that we're on and we're a new business. Why share this one? That one's my favorite. I like dark, bold coffee. I also like light roast coffee. I think I have a palate for both. But I grew up on dark roast coffee. It's just a little bit more what I enjoy. So I like the Sumatras. I like the bold But with this New Guinea coffee, it's bold, but it's smooth in a way that Sumatra is not. And I I just sip it and I'm like, yes, this is what I want my coffee to taste like. So I wanted to share that with you and get um, just some feedback on what you thought of it. (laughs) And another exciting thing about that roast is we're selling a ton of it to a brewery in Texas and they're making a beer with it right now. So that'll launch in February. Like we're going to be in our first beer. Uh, the brewery is called Martin House Brewing. So if anyone in Texas is familiar with them or around the country, they are the second largest brewery in Texas. So they have um, quite a reach. So Very interesting. The re- One of the reasons I was, um, I don't want to say surprised that you gave me this coffee, but Southern California really seems to associate with light roasts and big fruity roasts. And so when you shared a dark roast with me, that was unusual. In three seasons of this show, this is the fourth season, no one has given me a dark roast as their first coffee to sample. I thought it was a little like ballsy of me for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great. I love that, that it, you know, you, you felt that confident about it and you did that. And I have a friend named Jeff Spanier excuse me, and another friend named Jeffrey Catelli, and they both host a show called I Like Beer, the podcast, and they actually regularly make visits to Texas because I think there's kids in college there, and they are always asking me, when are people going to start making dark roasts again? Because that's what they drink as well, and so I'm, I'm going to share this with them. I'm actually going to see them this afternoon Yeah, and see what they think as well. I want to ask you a little bit about, there's a photo of a gentleman named Robert Nino, which I believe is related to you. Is that your dad? Does he also work with you? Yeah. So um, my dad retired years ago and he was really the example to all of us kids about working hard and making yourself a value. So 
retirement hasn't come super easy for him. He, anytime something breaks at the coffee shop, he's down there fixing it for me. He's just always looking for stuff to do. He went to Hawaii years ago and toured a coffee farm, came home, bought like a popcorn roaster and was like ordering little batches of green beans from Sweet Maria's. And he would like invite me over, like, come see this, come look at this, like watch my technique. So he became a home roaster years ago. And it was something we did together. Me owning the coffee shop, I obviously had an interest. And so um, we started at home. And then when I decided like, coffee roasting is going to be my thing, I want to do this. He was like, can I come? So he's been, yeah, he's been there for every step of the way from like the first time I ever roasted on like a commercial machine. It was like a small, just did like 200 grams at a time. We graduated up to doing one pound at a time, five pounds. Now we're roasting 25 pounds at a time. He's just been a part of every step. He's willing to help me with anything. He'll help me bag, ship. He'll help me with coffee deliveries. If I'm tied up somewhere, he'll go sign off for it, make sure it gets put in dry, safe places. So I can't believe how lucky I am. Most people don't have a dad that's like willing to help them with all their entrepreneurial goals because you know how it can go. You just get yanked in a million different directions all the time. And he's so flexible. He's so helpful. My brother owns a winery um, up in Paso Robles. And he'll like take weeks and drive up there and stay and help my brother with crush. So he's just like proud of his kids doing this stuff. And he jumps in wherever we need help. And we're super lucky to have that. That's so interesting that your brother is also an entrepreneur. Were your, was your dad an entrepreneur of his own or your parents? Um, no, but my dad always admired people who took on business ownership. My grandpa ran a company, so we always had his influence on us. And my dad really respected that. Um, so I think we were all kind of drawn to it as like, this is something good that we could do in the world. And yeah, my, my brother and his winery, it's just been inspirational to me. He launched in 2020, right before COVID hit. He's had his own struggles with the winery, but he's persevered. His product is amazing. So he's really encouraged and inspired me that I could do it too. And um, my joke is I like, I get to wake people up in the morning with my coffee and he puts them to bed with his wine. <laughs> it feels like there should be some sort of trade going on on a regular basis there. Oh, there is. <laughs> you mentioned, or we've been talking a lot. I shouldn't say you mentioned, we've been talking a lot just about COVID generally speaking. What have you learned? We, you said earlier that there feels like there's been phases of it. What, where are you at now as you're putting a new brand out into the world and trying to get exposure for that? You still have the cafe. How do you feel COVID fits into that world today as opposed to two and a half years ago or however long it's been, 10 years ago? I don't know. Yeah, it's something that's just always evolving to look back at the whole experience, I would say the greatest blessing I've gotten from it is I've learned to trust my instincts. I just kind of listened to my heart and making decisions. Cause like we said earlier, like it was just a moving target all the time. You never knew if you were doing the right thing. And at the end, you know, mistakes were made, of course, like nothing went perfectly, but I, I do feel like my intuition led me and led me in the right direction. So 
that's kind of where I'm at now. I have learned, I used to kind of be more of a control freak. I wanted to see everything that was coming at me, have a plan for each and every step and just like do it my way and not deviate. And COVID taught me like, no, just show up, pay attention to what's going on, do what's right for everybody around you. You're a leader. They count on you to do that, you know? So just with it ever evolving, always changing, that's where I'm at right now. I don't necessarily have a game plan. I just know what my principles are, what my morals are, how I'm going to apply them to whatever situation comes our way. And I'm going to look out for the people that count on me to do the right thing. When you started the roasting process uh, for yourself, you mentioned earlier that you had gone online and you had started knocking on doors. I'm wondering where did you start getting, and you, and I should say, again, you mentioned organic, fair trade, things that were important to you and the values of your coffee. How did you develop that philosophy that that's what I wanted to do and that's how I wanted to source and roast? And where did you turn to get that information? Was it similar to when you first started in coffee where you went to YouTube or online editorials? Did you start asking around in the community? What was your kind of your first step that led you to the next step? One thing I'm seeing and learning, I cannot wait to kind of travel the equator and see as many coffee farms in the future. That's something that's attractive to me about this industry is I do want to go to like Colombia and Costa Rica and Ethiopia and like see these coffee farms and see the process of what these farmers do to like get this product out of the ground for us. So when it comes to organic fair trade, I just want to spend my money where it benefits people the most. From where I buy my beans, it's a lot of co-ops. So it's not just one single farm. It's farmers working together in a region in like Indonesia. And that co-op supports 1,500 farmers. So that's something that I find very attractive when I'm sourcing beans is I like the co-ops. I like that I can support more people with my purchase and, you know, they're getting organic certified. They're getting fair trade certified. And I've listened to your podcast. I've learned a lot from people you've had on and like hearing them talk about how that's changing the sugar trade because people want to know it's organic, it's fairly sourced, it's it's a good product and that we're going about getting it ethically uh, from different areas of the world. So I feel a really big calling um, in doing that. I can't wait to get boots on the ground in some of these places and see it because I know when I see it with my own eyes, I'm going to know exactly like, oh, that's how I can help. That's how I can make things better. That's kind of what my goals are when I go out into uh, to make purchases of coffee. A lot of these coffee traders will give you a lot of information about the beans and about the farms and about the co-ops. One co-op I buy from emphasize that they support women. Like they have women farmers and they have women uh, managers of their co-op, which my team is all women working together to roast coffee and so I find that attractive. I like watching other areas of the world uh, provide opportunities for women to make money and to support themselves. So that's kind of how I go about it. And you're very keen. I did do a lot of online research to figure out like who were the right people. I made phone calls, 
kind of interviewed different traders and saw where the right fit was. And I'm very happy with the companies that I'm working with. You said a moment ago that you're trying to, I don't want to say stay in the moment, but you're, you're staying focused on what's in front of you and working towards those goals every day. So this might be a terrible question to ask as an interviewer, but I'm wondering kind of what is on deck, what's next for Ascend Roasters and you know how how are you planning on sharing this coffee with people? How can they get it besides coming to Old California Coffee Shop? Thank you. It's a great question. I like to have goals as much as I still am a little bit of a control freak, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that never goes away. I can tell you uh, as much yeah. as you want it to. Yeah, and like we also have to have an idea where we're going. So I love small business. I love my experience running one and everything that I've learned. It's just made me such a well-rounded person. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I've just expanded in ways that I never think I would have without running a small business and taking on that challenge. So something that I would love to do is support other small businesses in the area. I'm hoping to create wholesale accounts with different businesses if coffee is like an aspect of their business, but it's not something that's making them money. I want to help them figure out why and turn that around. Like small business owners work so hard. This is something that I've spent almost 11 years learning the ins and outs of learning how to make it work for you, how to use your equipment properly, how to maintain your equipment properly, how to get the most out of the beans how to price things, how to market it. I want to get out into the world and create wholesale accounts where I can support other small business owners with what I've learned about coffee. And I know I'll learn things from them wherever their area of expertise is along the way too. That's my goal. That's what I want to do. We're also selling bags of beans and subscriptions on our website, ascendroasters.com. So for home use for people, um, I want to continue to just make our our artwork and our uh, marketing really positive and encouraging to people. Because like I said, my mission is to spread caffeine and smiles. Those are uh, my current goals. The It's fun to work with this brewery right now and making a beer. I would love to see what other beverages we could come up with with our amazing coffee. So those are my dreams and goals. It sounds like you need to have your own podcast, I think is what we're we're figuring out here. So you can share all this information with everyone. Yeah, that'd be cool. Have you found any sort of struggle in balancing your responsibilities as an owner of Old California Coffee and now Ascend Roasters? Um, I'm a work, I don't want to say workaholic. I'm a worker bee. I love being busy. It really lights me up to work. So um it's come pretty easy for me so far. I know there's going to be weeks that are harder. I had COVID three weeks ago and it like knocked me down and forced me to slow down for the first time in years and to take care of my body and really rest. And honestly, it was kind of a blessing because like I hadn't slowed down in such a long time. And now I'm like incorporating more of that into my, my weekly routine too. So it's just all about balance and I'm finding mine. But um, when I'm at the cafe, I'm only thinking about the cafe. And when I 
have dedicated hours for Ascend, I'm only thinking about Ascend. So I really just try to put 100% of my energy into what I'm doing at that moment. And that's kind of how I manage it. Sure. And that's a really impressive skill and a difficult one to learn. It can be learned and practiced, but compartmentalizing so that you can achieve goals is always difficult for me, certainly. And I, I think it's something that if you take on a lot of challenges, you really have to work at because it's easy to slip. I certainly know that if if my plan is to work on this project all day and then at the end of the day to work on this project, I might be a little worn out. And if I take too much of a break, I might slide into a six-hour Netflix binge or something. And That's my problem. <laughs> I have to keep it moving. And then the end of my day is my self-care time or when I wake up in the morning too. But once I get going, I can't I don't take breaks until it's all done. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that you'd like listeners to know about Ascend Roasters, about your business at Old California Coffee, about you? Um, just that we are, we're new. We just entered. Um, this is such a great opportunity that you've given us to get our name out there and to talk about the roaster. I just want to network and connect with people. So if there's knowledge you want to share, like if there's anyone out there that's like, she should see this article or learn about this avenue that she didn't cover, send it my way. I, I want all the information that I can get. I want to connect with people. I want them to connect with my product and let me know what they think of it and help me as I as I grow in this. Um, it takes a village and I have such an incredible village at my cafe that's helping me and supporting me and encouraging me. Yeah, I just want to connect with more people and I want to get this coffee out there. That's my goal. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'll get outside, get some fresh air, take a walk, take care of me. But this is such an exciting thing that we're doing. And I'm grateful for everyone who's been a part of it so far. I always ask this to end a show, but I'm wondering if you ever have time to get out and get a coffee somewhere else. But if you do, what is it that you order when you go to a coffee shop that isn't your own? I always get an iced Americano. I have just kind of converted into I want iced coffee all the time. I, I like hot coffee right when I wake up in the morning, just something soothing about that. But yeah, I like iced coffee. You can drink it faster, get that caffeine. And I want to taste people's espresso. I want to see what flavors I'm tasting in it. I enjoy black coffee, but um, if I'm really going to enjoy a cup of coffee, I like a splash of milk in it, not half and half, not cream, just a little milk. I think it brings out kind of the sweeter notes of the coffee. So that's what I get when I'm trying a new coffee shop and I want to see like what they're offering, just iced Americano or iced shots of espresso with just a little bit of milk in there. I have been so amazed. You're, you are the fourth interview of season four. And I think every single one so far has said that when they get a coffee somewhere else, it's iced, some version of iced coffee. I just think that's such a unique trend that I'm seeing and maybe coincidence. But Aaron, thank you for spending time with me this morning and congratulations on launching this company. One of the reasons I was excited to talk to you in particular was because you're at the very beginning stages of this roastery. And my hope is that, you know, a year down the road, two years down the road, we have this conversation again and we talk about what you've learned. That's the goal. I would love that. That would be awesome. It'd be <laughs> fun to listen to this one, listen to that one. Like, yeah. 
I warn you, listening to yourself two years later can also be humbling. Oh, I yeah. because I listened to some of those early shows. Uh, I recently recorded an audiobook, and the book was written two years ago. And I was as I was reading, I was going, "What? Who wrote this? Like this is terrible. Like you need to go back and fix it." And so then I spent a whole week like changing things, and it's like, no, just that was wh- who, where you were at that point in your life. I know we have to celebrate that too even though it's hard. We do. That's how I feel. You mentioned uh, your logo came from a tattoo. That's how I feel about some of the tattoos that I got when I was 18 years old. I have some of those. Yeah, I might not get them again, but it reminds me of being an 18-year-old kid who maybe thought it was a good idea to get a tattoo in someone's kitchen. Right. And I think that's that's the one thing that makes aging beautiful is like, I wouldn't want to be 21 again because of all that I needed to learn and have learned since then to now. So it makes me happy to be the age that I am, you know, but you got to enjoy those, those learning moments, those humbling moments. They make you who you are. Nothing's ever a waste of time or a mistake. Like it's all part of the journey. So Aaron, I am so sorry but I forgot to share that dark roast coffee with Jeff. It disappeared into my coffee grinder and then into my French press and then into my mouth. Jeff, I'm sorry that you were used as a prop in a podcast other than your own and you didn't even get any coffee. I hope I can make that up to you by just telling people to listen to your podcast, the I Like Beer, the podcast. You can find it anywhere you are listening to this show. To paraphrase Aaron, whatever is in front of you, Give it your best effort, and you'll be happy with where life takes you. It's a pretty uplifting message, but one that goes a long way when you're at the beginning of an entrepreneurial journey. Being able to look back and be proud of that work, regardless of the outcome, is a pretty nice foundational reward. Aaron talked about learning coffee basics as a young barista by watching YouTube videos. It's pretty amazing that if you're passionate about something, there is a good chance you can get a great education online, on the fly, often for free. There is a ton of great coffee content on YouTube, and I often turn there when I need something for this show, especially when I need to pretend that I'm more coffee smarter than I really am. One entrepreneurial skill that came up during today's show that doesn't get talked about enough is the ability to compartmentalize when you're focused on multiple top priorities. I thought that really shined through when talking to Erin. She's doing double duty as the founder of Ascend Roasters and running Old Cal Coffee. Both are challenges that require 100% commitment. She's been able to compartmentalize and give that full effort in the time that each requires. I admire that trait because I really struggle to do the same. I take on lots of projects, on top of jobs, on top of side hustles, and every now and again I find myself zoning out of whatever is in front of me. And turning my brain over to one of those other projects. I'm working on it. But if this show ever comes out late, that's probably why. If you want to keep track of Aaron's coffee journey, follow at Ascend Roasters on Instagram. And if you want to try some of her roasted coffee beans, you can order them on AscendRoasters.com or stop by Old Cal Coffee House in San Marcos, California to pick up a bag. Speaking of journeys, I met this really interesting guy named Hill at Camp Coffee Company on Saturday. He is a design architect who had ridden his electric-boosted skateboard to Oceanside all the way from San Marcos for a tea and a croissant. He wasn't against having a coffee, but he mentioned that he had a particular coffee routine 
that he liked to stick to at home, so I asked him to share. I remind you, we were sitting outside on a busy patio at Camp Coffee. Sure, yeah. My name's Hill. I uh, live in San Marcos and originally from Canada. Originally from Canada. And you mentioned that you have kind of a very precise coffee regimen in the morning. So I'm wondering if you could talk us through it. Sure, yeah. My wife and I, we have an old Starbucks uh, machine. It's, uh, you know, sort of make yourself kind of an espresso type of deal. It's an Italian machine. So what we like to do, you know, because I don't drink milk, I've got um, almond milk. It's an almond cream. Uh, so we, we do a half, you know, half mix, half and half. Keep it pretty small, like a little espresso kind of deal. Um, and then, so we're, we're really concerned about acid in our coffee, right? So we, we did a lot of research. We found this company called Olympia Coffee. And they have kind of a low acid coffee, which is really nice. And, um, you know, they've got, uh, it's basically all organic uh, coffee. And they've got quite a few different assortments. But basically what we like to do is keep the acid level down. And then, uh, you know, that 50-50 mix is really nice in the morning. And I'll tell you, one thing that I love about coffee is it takes me from extremely stupid to awake. <laughs> so my IQ pretty much comes out of the 50s and maybe back to where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I often even like forget what I just did before the coffee hits, right? So, you know, for my wife and I, coffee is like the thing, right? Like we just have to have it. It's like you wake up, gotta have your coffee. You know? It's like you just can't start the day without it. So, you know, and uh, it's interesting. We got uh, our daughter who never liked coffee before into coffee. And of course, she's, you know, done a bunch of research because she's more vegan and, and all that stuff. She's into all natural and stuff. So she's. She basically said, you know, wow, I read about coffee. It's really good for you. I said, well, there you go. We've been telling you for years. <laughs> Eventually we listen. That's kind of the, yeah. it just takes a while to get there. Exactly. So we're chatting at Camp Coffee Company, and you mentioned you're from San Marcos. Yeah. What makes you come from San Marcos over here uh, to have a tea this morning and a croissant? Uh, well, I was saying, like, uh, I miss... Italy. I go to Italy, you know, once in a while, my wife and I. And, you know, just this whole idea of sitting down and having a croissant and usually a coffee over there. But I already had my coffee, so I don't want to overdo it. Uh, so I had, uh, you know, uh, London Fog, which is nice, put a little almond milk in there, and they warmed up a nice croissant for me. So I, I go electric skateboarding every, every weekend, and it's either here or I'll go down to Encinitas. So I do about maybe 18, 20 miles on the board, and uh, it's awesome. Just you know, getting old, so I can't push anymore. <laughs> it hurts my ankles, but uh, this still keeps the core going. And uh, I could hit about 28 miles an hour if I wish, but I usually stick around 20. <laughs> uh, but it's really fun, and I just get to enjoy the ocean. And uh, yeah. yeah, very so, cool. Yeah. Do you have a coffee shop that you like in Encinitas? Yeah, I really like Lofty. Lofty's excellent. They're kind of similar to these guys, actually. Um, yeah. So I picked the, both of them, you know, Lofty and these guys. So these guys for here, and then Lofty's Encinitas. They have a nice croissant there, too. And just kind of make me feel good and just chillax and talk to nice folks like yourself. And there you go. Here at Roast West Coast, we're fans of Lofty Coffee as well. And when I talk to their director of coffee, Siri Simran Kulsa, next week, I'm going to ask her about low-acid coffees, like the one Hill mentioned, and I did reach out to Olympia Coffee to see if they would be interested in being guests on a future pod. Thanks to everyone who stopped by to say hi or grab a sticker from me at Camp Coffee. 
especially Kim. It was great to meet you, and I thank you for being such a fan of this show, for sharing your thoughts about what works and what doesn't, and for appreciating good coffee and the efforts of the people behind that coffee. I'll be set up with the microphone again in a few weeks at industry partner Zumbar Coffee and Tea in Cardiff. Follow the at Roast West Coast Instagram for details on the date and time. If you are out there listening and you find yourself appreciating this show or just appreciating your coffee experiences more because of it, please tell a friend and subscribe to that just-mentioned newsletter on roastwestcoast.com. That newsletter and this podcast are free, but there is a paid option if you'd like to support the creation of this content and future coffee content. If you don't want the newsletter, that's okay too. Support the podcast right through the link in this show's podcast notes. Besides the incredible fans of the show who help keep us growing, we're supported by great industry partners who provide the world with some incredible coffee and coffee drinking experiences. They include Café La Terre. Just this week, Café La Terre opened their second location in Encinitas, California. I'm actually on my way over there this morning. I know it has been a process to get all of the construction and permitting done, so I'm proud of them for finally reaching this milestone. Other industry partners include Moster Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Leap Coffee, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Marea Coffee, Steady State Roasting, Camp Coffee Company, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, and First Light Whiskey. You can find links to all of those companies and Ascend Coffee Roasters in this show's podcast notes. But if for some unknown reason you can't find them where you are listening, you can also click into any article on roastwestcoast.com and they'll be there at the bottom. If you are listening and looking for a coffee job, Camp Coffee Company and Steady State Roasting are currently hiring new team members, and Moster Coffee is looking for a full-time social media manager. You can always check out the Coffee Jobs thread on the newsletter. Just click Coffee Jobs at the top of the page. Thank you to everyone for listening today. There is no Coffee Smarter episode this week, but the show will be back next week with an interview with Hollis Swan, He's the founder and head roaster of Declination Coffee Roasters in Soldotna, Alaska. He's also an artist, a coffee roaster builder, and a part-time ceramicist who sometimes makes awesome coffee drinking vessels, one of which is on my counter right now. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, and has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity and coffee to make it through the day. And please, always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee. I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. We are lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, a beer mecca within a beer mecca, where it's 72 degrees all year long, and there are over 160 breweries within minutes. Weather's nice, the water's warm, the beer is cold, and there are stories to be told. And we believe beer is a drink for friends, for sharing a laugh, telling a tale or two, and for contemplating life and how to live it. We're not your ordinary beer pod, so grab a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us for a few laughs.
You can find us wherever you get your pods and also on Instagram and Facebook at I Like Beer the Podcast, as well as on Twitter or our website, I Like Beer the Podcast.com. Looking forward to having you join us. Cheers. As a matter of fact, I love beer.